Hello and welcome to the Tight on Entry Racing Podcast, the fastest podcast on Spotify. My name is John. Alex, how are you doing? How was your Daytona 500 Monday? Uh, and how was the rest of your week? It's been good. It's been a good week, you know, just grinding. We had a day off on Monday for President's Day. Um, so it was nice being home for the Daytona 500, and my week has been insanely slow since the 500 i feel like i've been at work for seven days already this week and i'm just ready for the weekend to then be um non-stop busy with life updates and everything oh i'm gonna dog dude that's my life update yeah i, I saw i saw that <laughs> i was gonna ask you i honestly forgot about it but yeah i think meg probably said something or something i'm getting like a little like Landlord said I can only get under a 20 pound dog, so we're getting a little wiener and chihuahua mix. Oh, um, nice. That, I, it's a busy Saturday because I got to potentially get the dog, and then I'm supposed to be at Ocean Breeze by like 1 30 for a track meet. So I've, I don't know yeah, if I'm really getting the dog or not. Meg may be on a solo mission, but that's so, my life updates. <laughs> yeah, if you if you get the wiener dog, you can enter him in those wiener dog races. You ever seen uh, those? Like the I've half-time seen shows? those. Do, like, they, do they allow mixes? Or does it have to be pure uh, wiener? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They also have like those wiener dog conventions. I don't know if you've seen those either. Like they have I them have for... never seen that. Oh, dude, look it up. They're awesome. They're very funny. On the on the camera, I I can. We bright. will. It's a little bright, but I see two <laughs> eyes and a nose. So yeah, it's good enough. Um, yeah, good enough. But awesome. Well, that's that's good for you, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. It has been a really slow week. Like it's weird. Cause... It makes me want racing. I want racing every day. <laughs> yeah, it's it was a shorter week, but it like it's only Thursday, and it feels like the Daytona yeah, 500. Like, I'm getting like back into my routine of like you know Thursday's my day of like I here I am setting up my fantasy lineup, who I think will be okay. It really sucks how the schedule's set up with like Atlanta right after Daytona. Now that's the Super Speedway, it's like great. I have another crapshoot week again. So who the hell do I pick this time? Yeah. And... Spe- speaking of fantasy, I mean, I told you I was gonna show up. You did. You did show up. I'm really not worried because it's the first race, and you had to use a Truex. And for those listening, John used a Truex, a Junior, and a Chase Elliott pick, and he did beat everybody. He beat me by 49 points. But I did the math for those two drivers. That's only an average of 24 points for each of them. And I'm like, okay, so he wasted two uses on them for 24 picks nope. gained by them. Money in the bank is that's it. Like now that I have the lead, like the tone is. There was a time. Either three years ago i remember where you had a very big lead the tone is set (laughs) for the rest of the season i'm so in it now i'm so excited i'm glad that's been a topic for our fantasy league for a while was that the last two years i have won it and right around like the 20 race mark maybe the 18 race mark i could easily tell that i was like this is like i'm going to win this like it's going to be hard for somebody to catch up to me because where my uses were and everything so i'm very happy that people it's only been week one we got 35 weeks to go but i'm very happy that not just you but like it seems like a majority of the people in our league are taking it seriously again this time and i really like it because i'm tired of like just winning with like a landslide i don't like winning by 200 points i want it to be like down to the wire every race well i'm telling you right now you're, you're not winning this year um unfortunately for you i am i'll take a top three. i'm so locked in i already have my fantasy pick for this week so do i um i feel really <laughs> good about them too i don't want to share them all because uh, i know people are listening and i don't want to 
I came up with a, a strategy for like I told Matt and like K Doc and all of them, like, hey, I will share lineups like the day of if we just agree to be like when we show it, like that's our set. So like we have to agree that everybody's set and they're not making any changes. Yeah. So like obviously like I, I gave my lineup last week and then I changed it immensely. Um, yeah, you put Chase Elliott in because well, I put Chase Elliott in. No, I did some research and I liked what I saw. You realized you realized I was right with what I said, and then <laughs> went, "Oh, I should probably play him." And then, but luckily for me, him. yeah, because I realized Atlanta was next. So, lo and behold, I'm probably using Chase Elliott this mm. week because mm. he is dominant. At do I dare burn him two weeks in a row? Oh, I think you do. I think do you I do. dare? <laughs> do I dare do that to myself? Like it's. Be- it's a scary proposition. Yeah. Um, but uh, before we get into fantasy picks, what did you think of the 500 this, uh, uh, this this weekend? It was it was a great race until the ending. A little limp ending. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you bring the limp ending up because I had I've been thinking about it all week, and I was like, I can't wait until John and I get together so I could talk about how. Uh, how bad I feel <laughs> about what happened. First of all, I'm a 48 fan, so yeah. the move happens. Yeah, he was and I taking was out like, everyone, and I was like, "Yeah, he was definitely taking out everybody." But that was <laughs> the, the 24. Definitely didn't know how to take a push when Bowman caused the the first initial wreck yeah. because I liked it when everybody jumped on me in the league chat and everybody was like, "Bowman's a hack! Bowman's a hack!" And I made a point of like. John Hunter Nemechek literally just got flamed for not being able to take a push. But all of a sudden, since the 24 car could <laughs> take a push, it's the guy pushing his fault. Not an experienced well, driver be should fair. be able to take a push. All right. All right. And it was the, it was the same spot in the quarter or in the in the back bumper, too. Like they were both bumping in the same spot. So. I think the issue was though, Bowman took so long to let off the throttle. And you could see yeah. it because the flames didn't come out until like. Yeah. Right and then back. I actually went back and looked. He actually let out of the throttle to coast three times. And then he finally just said, screw it. I'm going full throttle because he was getting bumps. I forget who was running behind him, but he was also yeah. getting bumped because he saw the 24 was choking up. So he was trying to choke up. And at that point, he was just like, screw it. But anyway, my gripes was that 48 definitely was behind the 24. Mm-hmm. Um, when they took the white, that's a hundred percent. I just have a big gripe with NASCAR with, they just decided like, Oh, well, William Byron was first to take the white flag. He's the winner. When every single time before that, it Is was that true. Yeah. That's what they did. And then every single time before it, they would just be like, Oh, when did the caution come out? Who is the car in front? I thought it was based on that. No, it was just like, I mean, at least I don't know, but the broadcast, when Kevin Harvick was explaining it, they were saying, well, I guess they're just going to see who took the white. And then they said Byron won because he took the white first. That's what they said on the broadcast. You were a little, uh, um, Whoa. what's the word? I'm on, looking now, buddy. For? You were a little, um, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for to be politically <laughs> correct here. A little, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Hang on. Um, well, let's like, 500. If you want to try and find it, I don't know. I think Byron I was still in I think Byron was still in front when the yellow came out. I think my gripe just comes down to like, uh, dude, I was so close to being the most obnoxious person in our group chat. If the 48 won the 500, I was going to go ballistic because the only thing you were going to be able to say to me was that, oh, I got more points of fantasy. I'd be like, no, I don't care. No, I, don't I, would, care. I would say that once again, Alex Bowman backed into one. 
Yes, That's exactly. Because as my dad always says, there's only one lap in auto racing that matters. Doesn't who cares if you lead 80 of them? Which actually sucked for Joey Logano. It's another tidbit I want to bring in is that Joey Logano led the most laps, had the most points, and didn't even finish outside top 20. Or he did finish outside the top 20 because he got wrecked and like three laps to go, which stinks for him. But I was going to be so obnoxious. And I, the only thing I texted my dad after the 500 uh, finished, I said, I'm devastated because <laughs> I wanted the 48 to win so bad. But for me, the feeling overall is great because I don't know if you're getting a little deja vu from the beginning of last year, but the beginning of last year, there were two cars that were leading the standings and then they got hit by a huge point penalty (laughs) and they got destroyed. And it's the 24 and the 48 Bowman's got 50 points after one Daytona race. That's pretty good for him. He's not a. He's actually low key turning into a super speedway racer. Oh my god! He's been doing pretty good at super speedways. I actually checked his Atlantis. He's got the last four races. He has an average point finish of thirty eight, in the last four on this new configuration. He's not good at Dega. Don't get me wrong. He's awful at Talladega because he always gets caught in a wreck. But this is many Daytonas now where Bowman's gotten over thirty points. And Atlanta, he's got an average of 38 over the last four. He is certainly turning into a guy that you could use as a sneaky pick that nobody really considers. So he's in your lineup? Um, He is right now, but mm. I think I'm going to end up switching him out. Actually, I may not because Bowman's a guy you don't use 10 times in a season unless he starts going crazy. Yeah, which he, he could. There was a point last year where I was like, whoa. After like four races, I was like, am I going to use Bowman more? Like, he's racing out of his mind right now. Yeah. So I wonder if that happens for him. That's just me being a 48 fan and hoping he does good. Yeah, I personally don't love Bowman next week, but that's just me. Yeah, and I don't really like him either because if I remember looking at the racing reference pages and stuff, I don't really like it that much, but we'll see. Yeah, that's my average finish, like 21 here over the last four, which is why I think I took... Christopher Bell and my bonus over Bowman. Yeah, it's like it's interesting because he did finish fifteenth. Uh, he finished fourteenth last year at this track in the in the spring slash winter, I guess we call it. And but he did get thirty one points there. And then the last time he raced there last year, he was like hurt and had a broken back, so. His second Atlanta was pretty bad. Um, but the two before that, he was pretty good. But that's like my overall general feeling with the Daytona was that it was a good race until you get that wreck at the end. I couldn't believe, I really thought NASCAR was just going to say, we don't care if they took the white, we're doing a green white checkered. I really thought they were just going to do that. You know, you, no, not no, like I, I actually thought they were for the sake of like, it's the 500, we got to like make it crazy. I was actually pleasantly surprised that they actually stuck to their rule book you know how many people that would have pissed off if they did that yeah i don't think there's a world that hasn't stopped them before i guess i mean obviously f1 did it with verstappen and lewis hamilton like two years ago yeah care. they want to generate the most buzz that's what they do (laughs) so i i sent you that that picture yeah that's the picture they used to determine the finishing order um nascar posted on twitter on on 
Yeah. 9 p.m. the next day, I think that is. Yeah, see, um, I never I never really saw that, but it was close. Yeah. But I think I think calling the caution was the right call. Well, obviously you have to Be- at that point. Well, because the cars are coming back up the track. I also um, don't I also don't like there's nothing in the rule book that says it right. When you throw the caution, like they don't do it anymore, right? They don't do it anymore in the sense of like if you take the white, you race out the white. I don't feel like they've done that in a while. But no, I also they, they feel don't like, do that anymore. But I feel like they why does my memory feel like we saw it like last year or two years ago or something? Is that like a recent change they did? Or is that just some my memory just being bad? I think that's I, your memory just completely I kinda I kinda miss it. I miss like, hey, if you take the white, you just keep going. Like obviously there's cars in the way, but No, screw. they haven't done that in like over a decade, man. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. I can't um, remember well too many beers on a sunday oh no um <laughs> but that was my general overall feeling great race i actually have a, a news article to bring up okay um i don't know if you have any other opinions before i bring this up and change the the opinions about the race Go ahead. so it was dustin long and he said nascar was taking a quote much deeper dive into the fuel saving strategy cup teams employed during monday's daytona 500 and i thought that was interesting because for me watching it it was so funny watching the front pack going like 65 percent throttle saving fuel that hasn't happened in so long it, uh, it was so stupid because, like, that point I brought up in our chat while it was happening where there was, like, three or four or five cars that couldn't make it on fuel. What are they saving for? Why were they saving? Like, I get why the rest of the field is saving so they could try to make it, but it didn't make sense for the front five cars to try to save, which just caused that entire mayhem with the first stage, which was awesome, like, awesome on viewing. But the front five cars were going about, what would we say, three miles per hour average slower than they could be going. And AJ Allmendinger like, was going faster than the pack when he was by himself. Yeah, because I mean, I was looking at the data. I don't know exactly. I can't. I, I can't pull it up now. But um, they were going like a mile and a half slower than they were going during qualifying during single car runs in the pack. So, like in race trim, they can theoretically go three miles per hour faster than they were going. It didn't make sense for those cars to not try to pull away. And then you saw them kind of flip the switch and actually realize this is stupid. We're just helping. Yeah, do you think them. it was? the Fords being like, uh oh, we made a mistake for doing that pit cycle and now they were trying to save fuel to make everybody be stacked up again, or was it just like them overthinking it? I think that's my question of like, do you think they realize they made a mistake and that was their attempt? Or were they just trying to overthink it and just I think ruin the it? entire field started overthinking yeah. because the entire field came down and got fuel. Like so I don't know if necessarily like I think there was a point in that stage where the teams were like, if we really save for the rest of the way, we can make it. But like, in what world are you going to save a 50% throttle for the entire stage? Um, just wasn't going to happen. So they had all come down pit road. But I don't know if they all had to come down pit road or if they didn't want to get jumped at the stage break. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah, know. Exactly I, think, I think they were afraid of getting jumped at the stage break, but also it's day Tona, who cares? You can make up your position in two laps. Just take the outside line if you have four people with you, and then boom, you're back up from like 30th to 18th in the matter of half a lap. Yeah. It's like, but, why did we care so much about track position? That was what threw me off. Like, the Fox broadcast was even talking about that. They cared so much about track position, and I was like, why? 
who cares well, about track position? I don't know if it's as easy to make up ground. Like, especially like at the end of the race there, you could see some of the Toyotas were kind of stuck. Um, yeah, it certainly isn't. But so, even like, I don't know. I felt like this 500, like even when they pitted differently and the Toyotas pit together and the Chevys and the Fords, I feel like they all got stacked up nicely together and they were still able to generate enough force to be able to get a couple spots. Like, I can't tell you how many times I think I watched like, like the Chevy's pit when they were like in like from 12th to 20th. And the next thing you know, they were the ones leading the pack. It's like the yeah. track position didn't really matter that much because they were able to just use each other and get to the front. But I don't know. I, my opinion is I think they really just overthought it. I was like, Jesus Christ, what the hell are they doing right now? And it was actually hilarious to watch. And any new fans probably had no idea what was going on. They were probably just like, I don't know. I guess they got to save fuel. They go really fast. And they were confused. Yeah, but I, I wonder how much of that would change if you took the stage breaks out. Because I'm like thinking like, like these teams have gone to a different level of trying to get these cars to the end of the races now. Like, yeah, even without, I think stage breaks actually make it probably better. I think with less stage breaks, they would literally ride around in single car for. I'm glad you brought that up because there was a lot of talk on Twitter from this news article and on Reddit about like fans were like, this is where you should have experimented with not having stage cautions instead of the road courses. Because you could then wreck They were saying you would rectify the fuel problems by just having people just keep going and you award the points at green flags. You would rectify that issue, but then cars would ride around for 400 miles single file. Like these owners are much, much more cautious about tearing up this equipment. Granted, if you had like a, like if you awarded the points like you did the road courses at a certain lap, you might see them. um, It certainly created this whole like. Yeah. yeah. It also created this whole like conga line thing of like everybody's that's why there were no cautions. Everybody was just waiting around until the end of the race and that's when they made their moves cuz everybody was saving fuel, everybody was worried about track position. It was a very unorthodox 500 to me. In terms of like this is like an old strategy we used to see and it came back out of nowhere and I don't know exactly why those were the strategies. I don't know if it started when Ford messed up and they realized they messed up and then they were trying to get back to where they needed to be. I don't really know. Um, I don't know if Chevy and Toyota came in with that game plan of doing that, but like it was just weird. Still a good race, still fun to watch. I thought even with the green flag runs, they were still producing some fun passing and third lanes being developed and the drivers were racing respectfully instead of just like, throwing crazy blocks all the time unless you're in the one car um but that was interesting for me to see and i was just curious about like what the idea was of stage cautions going away at super speedways they're not going to try it obviously but it's interesting for fans to say that for me so i i hear you um you know it, it feels like sorry not to change the point and not to kind of move on a little bit but it it's funny because normally after I don't know what I'm trying to say, but essentially like I'm, what I'm trying to say is like after Daytona we can't get a, like, a real good feel of like where anyone actually is. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. have just no idea still. And after t- next week's at, or this week's Atlanta, we're still not going to know exactly who has what. Um, but I do think Atlanta will be a better indicator of who actually has raw speed. 
Um, I think we'll see the Fords up front in qualifying. And I'm curious to see if those Toyotas look racy again in the race trim in the draft. Um, mm, interesting, interesting, interesting. One of the notes I have coming out of the date. What are you laughing at? I have just differing opinions. I think Chevy's oh. going to be lights out at Atlanta. So one of the interesting things that came out of Daytona, and I hear you on that. We we can come back to that. But one of the interesting things is that the highest finishing forward was Noah Gregson and Chase Briscoe in ninth and 10th. Um, ahead of them were a mix of four Toyotas and four Chevys. So eight total cars in front of them, four from each camp. Eric Jones and Nemechek finished in seventh and eighth, which was obviously really good for the, the uh, legacy motor club cars. And Jimmy Johnson worked his way up to 28th after experiencing those issues early. Um, but yeah, the big takeaway there though, is that the Fords had an abysmal showing. If you look at the results as a whole, like I said, Noah Gregson, Chase Briscoe, ninth, 10th. After them, the next highest finishing forward was Chris Buescher down in 18th and David Reagan in 20th. Um, and then, like, you had just a, a slew of them towards the end of the pack. I mean, Blaney, 30th, Logano, 32nd, Kozlowski, 33rd, Gillen, 35th, McDowell, 36th, Casgrala, 38th, Harrison Burton, 39th, all Fords down there in the 30s. I mean, that also happened as a wreck at yes. the end of the race. But... Granted, it, it, that's, like, obviously a huge part of it. But also, like, that sucks. Like, what a shitty start for Ford. After they looked pretty promising after their uh, pit road debacle. Yeah. Um, obviously, like I said, most of those are accidents down in the 30s. Um, and that's just the nature of, you know, manufacturers being lined up together. But just really interesting stuff um, that, like, no other manufacturers really got caught up too badly. Like, yeah. Tyler Reddick yeah, well, was involved. But um, I mean, what was crazy to me was literally seeing, like, yeah, like all those Fords. Like, I don't know how Gregson and Briscoe somehow managed to be top tens because of all the wrecks. But, like, there was a point where it was Logano and Kez, and you were like, oh, my God. And back in my head, I was like, oh, my God, Kez is going to win a 500. Kez is going to win a 500 because I wanted yeah. him to win so bad. But a lot of those Fords just wrecked out. I mean, Chris Bush was all right. He didn't do anything crazy. But, like, point-wise, even with Logano and Kez getting wrecked out, where is Logano when he wrecked out? Where the hell is he? My blind 32. Yeah, he only had five okay. points. But Kozlowski, who was the four that wrecked but had points? There was one of them. Oh, McDowell also had electrical Blaney. problems all day. Blaney, that's who it was. Like, even though Blaney wrecked out, he still got 17 points on the day. Not ideal, but like they were all in the front the whole time. And it just sucks that they got turned um, from a car that can't handle blocking. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm dying uh... on that hill. Okay, um, you can die in the hill all you want. So obviously next week's Atlanta. Let's just you know jump right into it. I I don't know what to expect from Atlanta. I feel like I never do anymore. I, yeah, like, that's how I feel, dude. I don't know what to pick. Like uh, I just feel like we're gonna be all over the place again. Um, it's the worst way to start a fantasy because, like, truthfully, right? You are excited that you got that forty-nine point lead on like the guy in six, which is me, but like. That could all hypothetically go out the window because you had one driver wreck out and I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, that so, pretty much nails it. That's why I that gotta try like, to match your drivers every week. That's like that's like what's so bad about 
like starting this way fantasy wise, it's great for getting new fans because you give them the that high octane, super competitive, super speedway racing that fans would like to see. And, you know, we're trying to get fans still in. We had decent viewership in this 500, but it wasn't the best Monday one we've had. Um, but I, I have no idea what to expect from Atlanta. I'm like, yeah, Toyota could be good. Chevy, Ford, they could be good. I don't know. I'm just kind of waiting to see how qualifying works because they don't get practice here, right? Yeah. They don't get any No, practice. they don't get practice. So these these cars are going to go in so blind, especially the two manufacturers, the new bodies. Like, Yeah, that drives me nuts. Um, I can't believe they don't give them that stuff. They're just going to have to use as many of their notes from last year as they can. Um, I'm so skeptical because these Fords could be rocket fast or they could just be really awful at Atlanta. Like it's not Daytona. It's not going to be as easy to, you know, make up ground or keep your ground at, as it is at Daytona. Um, like Blaney should be the heavy favorite and Blaney's probably going to be in most fantasy lineups. Um, yeah. Three top tens, one top five in the last four races. Uh, average good. finish of 9.5 average start. of. 40. I think it's because like, Atlanta is a super speedway now, but I feel like it hasn't given me the sense of being as squirrely as a Daytona or a Dega. But do you remember last year how the conversation was, how much longer is this going to be a drafting track? Like, cause the yeah. handling is starting to go away already. That track is starting to get worn in. Um, yeah. So is this the, like, maybe not. I That's going to be a crazy. Yeah, like, it's going to be a crazy day when next thing you know, they like don't pack race anymore and they're like just strung out and like they, racing against each other. Hang on. Let me look up the weather in Atlanta because that's going to impact the race as well. I mean, all right, it's going to be 62 on Sunday. So at least the track conditions will be. Yeah, but what's, what's, the okay. rain, what's the rain for the weekend? Uh, so far, we're all clear. Knock on wood. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, no rain. Friday, supposed to get rain. So that might delay some of the truck and Xfinity Series stuff. But. um. Not a big deal. Um, but so track conditions is it, obviously going to be a little bit slicker than it was in in August, September. Um, but how much slicker and how much does that new Ford body really play into their performance? Is it going to just make them even better or are the Chevys going to step up and say, hey, we kind of know this playground. She's Elliott's backyard. Like we know how to run this place. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of drivers you could necessarily pick here and, and be pretty okay with. Like, I'm looking yeah, at it I right now, so. and like <laughs> Justin Haley, not an awful pick. Like, that's weird to say, but just the format and this race here has just produced an opportunity for him to have an average finish of 12-0 in the last four wow, races. Wow, 12 for Justin Haley, the last that's four races bad. here. Like, like, what am I missing there? I, it just finish all the laps that's it right he's literally just like hanging around and making sure he's all right yeah so like that's an interesting uh, definitely not in my lineup right now but probably consider probably won't be in my lineup just because he's in a rick wear equipment it's also just interesting with like the chevys in general too because like this race didn't happen as the second race last year it was like march or something so chase elliott didn't race in it in the spring yeah so that yeah. also changes a little bit too. Now, how do you feel about the Toyotas here? Like, I'm telling you right now, there's not, or there's one Toyota in my lineup. Um, I don't have any in mind I, right now. I don't feel great about them. Like, if you look at like the track record here for Toyota, Christopher Bell has arguably been the best. 
But if you look at average finish, like the highest finishing Toyota in the last four years has been Kurt Busch. Two stars oh, doesn't geez. count. That doesn't count. Um, what was it in the that, spring? Was there a Toyota? There wasn't even a Toyota in the top 13 in the spring or in the summer race. I'm looking right now at like the average finish of the last four races for a Toyota. And the highest finishing one is Martin Truex with an average finish of 16.8. So that's kind of a big red flag. But then again, we don't know what the new body is going to bring. So I'm tempted to avoid Toyotas completely. Um, I think that's a valid strategy because I'm always the guy. I'm more timid. Like I know when to make my like big bets on a driver and on, on a team and on a manufacturer. I like them to prove it to me first. And then that's when I start making my like decisions. Yeah. Like I don't want to take a chance and then be like, yeah, we're not good. And then you just wasted the pick. What do you do with a guy like Eric Jones who has an average finish of 9.3, but now has switched from a Chevy to a Toyota? You know what I mean? Yeah. And And they did pretty good last weekend. I mean, Rex helped them get to those finishes, but. But his last finish here was back in May of 2022 of the last four races where he finished 14th, has finished no worse than 11th since. And that 11th place finish was this past spring when he was arguably getting very little. Yeah, right. Wasn't he like like top five and then top 10 and then like 11th or something like that? Uh, yeah, I, I was know, looking I at I was looking at his stats earlier. So why did the race only go 185 laps in the spring? Um, there was there was rain, yeah. I don't remember that. I don't either. Um, fall rather. Why don't I remember that? And Byron won that. I remember that Byron won it on a sh- short. I remember it now. That's just because everybody was like, "Oh well, Byron had the most points anyway, so yeah, he deserves to win it." Um, yeah. yeah I mean, it's it's interesting. Like right now, I don't have a single uh, Toyota in my lineup. And I don't know if that's going to change unless I see something better in qualifying. But like, I don't like, I don't like Bubba here. I don't like Denny's all right, but Denny's better at other tracks. Truex is all right, but again, Truex better at other tracks. Seabell, <laughs> all right, but again, better at other tracks. Like, that's the problem with Toyotas with me this year is that like they're better at all the other tracks and they don't have a lot of drivers in their camp. Yeah. So. I'm just always kind of like forcing my hand with more Fords and Chevys in the beginning seasons, at least. Um, so I don't know. I don't have a Toyota right now. I'm very skeptical of what they do. I'm just hoping yeah. they'll uh, figure it out. Maybe this new body's all right. Definitely a lot to think about there. Um, all right. If you had to pick a driver to win, regardless of if they're in your fantasy lineup or not, like who is your pick to win this week if you're you know looking at betting odds or you know whatever? Um, what a great question. I don't know. He doesn't know. Let me let me look at my uh my lineup. He doesn't know. Where do I find the odds? I'm curious. Where where are the odds? Um, are they on? Are they on NASCAR's website or no? They should be. Um, they're usually somewhere. They might be on. They're usually on the fantasy app, aren't they? Oh wait, yeah, they are. Oh, yeah. you, got you had me yes. jumping around. Sorry. Sometimes I do that, all right? Jump, jump, jump. How do I... I, I, I still don't see where they're... Uh... Oh, here are their oh. odds. Okay, I found it. 
Wow, they got Logano. Oh, they're literally best odds. front page, dude. Yeah, I just saw them too. So they got Logano best odds. I don't. I mean, I like it. Logano's good here, but he's not really my pick. I th- I truthfully I I feel like I'm being a dead record, but I still really like Kozlowski. I think he was doing really well until he got turned with like five or eight laps to go, whatever how many laps there were. So I still really like a Kez as my Ford, and I like Chase Elliott as my Chevy. Those are my picks. I opening, don't have a Toyota. So opening odds have Logano and Denny Hamlin. I don't know if they've changed, but the opening odds were 10 to 1 for both Logano and Denny Hamlin. I don't know what they're looking at that they have Denny at 10 to 1. They like, just must think he's going to be good. I hate those odds. I hate them. I wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot pole. Um, I think I got to take Chase Elliott. Like, yeah, he's a guy that I would really like to play. Like home, sure. hometown win, NASCAR would love for him to win. Average finish of six point seven here in the last three races. Yeah, he's been um, One top five, one win, two top tens. Has led one hundred and twenty-five laps. Blah yada yada. yada. Um, I think Logano. So is that your, is that your pick? pick? Um, <laughs> no. No, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go Byron. Uh, yeah, I wanted to do Byron. that too, but I didn't want to be the guy that's like, oh, he won the 500, so he's going to be good again. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at Byron's like stats here, and he's either I mean, crashed yeah. or won. Those are his yeah. stats. Yeah, literally Crash a Kyle Byron. Larson strategy. Yep. Well, <laughs> did, did you see the stat? Uh, we didn't talk about this. William Byron has never finished the Daytona 500 until this year. Yeah, and he wins it. And he wins it. How annoying is that? With a backup How car. How annoying is that? Like with a backup car and everything. Shout out to Willie B. It's his dude, he's gonna go on a tear. All right, hang on. Debate, 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 debate time, debate time. William Byron is the best driver at Hendrick in the cup series. I need to see this season. He's the best driver at Hendrick Motorsports. He how many is wins, so underrated how many, compared how many to wins did he have last year? He had he like six, five. He had six. He had he had six, last six. Year. Holy crap. I, he, had he, six. Is, he is a better Cup Series driver than Kyle Larson. That is my argument. And I will die um, on that. And we can pull know, up the stats, and you could disagree with me, but let's pull up the stats. I Go think, quick. like, also, that's tough because Larson was in different equipment. Yes. Different equipment, and he's had a longer career. But. But so Larson also had a crazy 2021. 2022, he only had three wins, but an average was 14. But let's not act like Kyle Larson didn't have winning equipment while he was at Ganassi. Yeah, he did, but he was overdriving it because yeah, he thought so, he had to do more. So, all right. So let's look at these stats. And it doesn't even have to be statistical. I think just in my head, he's better. Um, if we look at the Cup Series on both sides, Average finish for Kyle Larson is 14.2. Average finish for, for William Byron, 15.5. All right, he's got mm-hmm. a beat there, sure. Um, but then we look at wins, right? This is the interesting one. So Byron does have 11 to Larson's 23. Yes, in in five less years. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five less years. Now, granted... Obviously, Kyle Larson missed most of the 2020 season. So let's say four or less years, technically. 
technically Kyle Larson is still pacing ahead of him, I believe. But I don't know. I, I, think I would literally put biased. them in like in like baseball terms. I'm literally putting them as like Larson is the ace, and then Byron is the one B ace. I would put them very similar. I don't think one is better than the other right now. I just think that I would have a better answer after this season. Like if William Byron goes on a tear again this season, I would actually argue the same point as you. And many people in our fantasy chat would get mad at us because they're like, how dare you say Kyle Larson isn't the best stock car driver ever. (laughs) Maybe we can revisit this at the end of the year because like, I think one of the things that really helps Larson's stats is that 2021 season where he went off for 10 wins. Yeah. And And Byron had a season like that last year where he just was consistent, had so many top 10s, won a bunch, led a lot of laps. He turned 9,000 laps and led 1,000 of them. That's insane. Yeah. But (laughs) if you you look from the 2022 season on, like, like that's where the stats get really equitable. Like, yeah. William Byron, nine wins. Nine of his 11 wins have yeah. come in the last three and, seasons. And, and I mean, Larson we're only one race this year, but Larson only has seven. And you look at top fives, Larson has 28. Yeah. Um, Byron's right, got 16. Byron's got 16. So, or no, sorry, I did the math wrong. I forgot the five. So it's 21. 21. Um, I don't know. I Maybe it's they're very good. They're very comparable. I, I like your take. I like you trying to rock the boat a little bit. I don't think it's rocking I, the boat. I think like the last two or three years, like William Byron. What is what is driver. what is with these video game nerds being better drivers? Well, like William Byron got his start with simulating I, and doing all that other stuff. Got his start. I mean, he was playing video games or playing sim, and then he was like, "Yeah, I kind of want to do this in real life." Yeah, then I he mean, got a bunch of cars, but I think but when you're still, 13 and you have you have ridiculous amount of time on your hands and you can get really good at something like i don't know like you're gonna get more seat time on a sim than you are gonna yeah I mean, it's life. always been the seat time seat time seat time yeah, yeah you i think that's an sim, inter- you're just getting a feel for it i still think it's an interesting question i do like your take i just i think kyle larson still has a beat right now but the margin is closing I the margin's that- closing it's definitely closing Maybe I'm just saying that because Larson didn't have a, like a Hall of Fame year last year. So yeah, but if he know. turns it on this year, that quickly just goes to the fire gets put out immediately. Even if they match, even if Larson and Byron have almost the same year, I'm putting Larson over. I think I also have a problem. Oh, dude, you're, you've got me heated up. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm on fire right now. I think I have a problem when people say that Larson is the greatest driver of all time in any form of motorsports or whatever I mean, i guess we'll learn after the indy four or the indy he only has 23 cup wins and he's 31 is that a hot is that like a hot take like i don't think it's that hot like how many does maybe i have to look at the all-time list now i'm going down there's there's really not that many like kyle bush has like 50 or 30 or 40 or something how much did he have when he was 31 hang on i don't know You can figure it out. Um, you keep talking while I figure this out. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, like Lar- like I do think Larson has incredible talent because I see it in so many other. Like he's literally racing right now on flow on flow racing. Like he's oh, yeah, actively racing at dirt today, and he's winning all of those. I think that's why people go to that narrative because he is able to go in pretty much any car and be able to race it. Now the Indy Five Hundred will be a big test for him. 
when he uh, gets in that wheel and gets into an open wheel car and tries to do the double of the Coke 600 and the Indy 500. That would be very interesting to see how he does. And when I see that, and when I see him race the the 500, I will have a better determination of what kind of driver he is. So, so at know. the start, at the start of his 31 year old season, Kyle Busch had 34 wins. 30, 11, 31, you said? 34, 34 yeah. at the start of his 31 year old season. Carl mm-hmm. Larson has 23 right now. Yes. I mean, can you really equate that all to equipment? Like, I don't know. They both got like they're both first. So Kyle Larson's first full time season was was when he was twenty one. Kyle Busch's was when he was twenty. So he has a year on him there, and I guess he gets a year from this. You can't really blame it on equipment though, because Kyle Busch had incredible equipment his whole career. He went from Hendrick to Joe Gibbs. I know. I just hate the equipment argument because you could make like you can't base who's the greatest of all time off of that. Yeah, like, oh, Jimmy Johnson had better equipment than Dale Earnhardt. Well, obviously, yeah. he was 20 years down the road. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a very interesting question. I'm just curious. Like, Larson definitely is one of the better NASCAR drivers we've seen. I just want to – I feel like he's in a prime now. I feel like this is where you get to that age in NASCAR. Like, the age 29 to, like, 34 seasons is when you get really good. So I think the jury's still out. Who knows? He can get five wins, and next thing you know, he's like knocking on the door of like a Kyle Busch on the wins list because Kyle Busch is like trying his best with RCR, but didn't come to fruition last year. We got to see what happens this year. So I guess we'll wait and see. Good question, though, bud. I like your hot take. Yeah, um, Denny Hamlin had 22 wins at the end of his 31-year-old season. So we'll see. So, so Larson's got him beat. Yes, but but Larson started when he was twenty, and Denny didn't start till he was twenty four. So does he really have him beat? I mean, I think it just further proves my point of like, hey, this is your prime. Once you hit your thirties, this is when you get good. We will see. We shall see. Um, just completely playing devil's advocate here, but yeah, 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 whatever. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to see what happens in the in the future. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, do we uh what do you what do you do you want to go down the fantasy laps or we just want to leave the mystery in the air? Well, uh let's do this first. We'll look at the point standings. I'll read them to you and then we'll see how we feel about fantasy picks after knowing these point standings. So your top 5 mm-hmm. is 3 Chevys and 2 Toyotas. You got Willie B at number 1, 54 points, Bowman in second at 50 points. Christopher Bell's in third with 44, Elliott in fourth with 42, and Bubba Wallace in fifth with 39 points. The rest of the points after are John Harnemachek, Larson, blah, blah, blah. John Harnemachek, dude, in six after one race. Get this man his chip. He's winning it all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so once we know these standing points, it kind of like gives me an idea a little bit more of like who I could ride a high on in fantasy. I mean, we can say lineups but i don't know if i'm set yet so i don't want to give you ideas (laughs) and then you take my ideas or like vice versa you know like i like i'm okay with like 
I would let you know who I have in right now and who I'm considering. But how about this? Tell we'll do, we'll do one. We'll we'll each do one person who's in our starting lineup right now, and then uh-huh. one one person who's in our garage, and we'll leave the other four drivers that are going to be our mystery drivers. So you can pick okay. any of your five starters and and give me that. All and right. I'll give you one of mine. Willie B. Ooh, I'm going Chase Elliott's in my starting line. Okay. So then I go to my garage. But right now I've, I'm going to burn two straight uses of Chase Elliott. In the yeah, first that's, this year. that is insane to me. It's scary, but you know what? I feel good about it. So we're going to ride it. He'll be yeah, in my that, lineup on Sunday. That's crazy, dude. That's crazy. My garage, I actually don't have set. I have a oh. placeholder of who All I right. think I would pick. Okay, give me that then. Corey LaJoy. Whoa, did not expect that. That's a, wow. I'm going to have to look into that one. I'm going to write that down. His stats right. aren't that great. <laughs> write that down. But I like what he does at super speedways. And um, also, he has nine cup hot tens in his career and they're all on drafting tracks um he has finished fourth in the daytona 500 three times and he finished i think i don't remember it's like three out of the last six or four out of the last six he's finished in the top 10 on all drafting tracks but when you look at his atlanta stats you're like ooh, i don't know about that <laughs> yeah, that's so, the age so that's why I said it. Like his last, when did they configure this in 2022? So uh, his yeah. last four races, he was fifth, 21st, fourth, and 31st. Dang, that's a fun pick. He's like, oh, he could be good. Spring? He could be bad. I don't know, but he is better in the spring. So that's what I thought. I was like, Ooh. maybe, maybe I'll put him in. If I see him in your lineup, or dude, or that's like... fun. I might have to. <laughs> maybe he might not be in my lineup, but he might be in my my DraftKings lineup. Yeah, you should do that, and then you you know thank me when you're rich and famous off a of sports bet. That's fun. That's a fun pick, buddy. I'll yeah, look into I that. I may, but that like that would be. Like right now, that's my lineup of him in the garage and Willie B. I then have one more Chevy, and then I won't tell you who else is in there. Okay. I don't um, have a Toyota, so that means you obviously then know if you just went back and listened that I, the rest are all Fords. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Um, <clears throat> all right. My garage driver is Austin Sindrick. I like it. He was a guy I was considering for my garage. Yeah. I, mean, I was, you know, who my third garage consideration was? Who's that? It was the only Toyota I considered, and it was John Hunter Nemechek. Interesting. Interesting. Because I was just like, screw it. You know, like, I'm down points already. Why not have fun a yeah. little bit in the second week? So my thinking with um, Austin Sindrick, and I'll share that, because, like, this is one of those things where it's like, if I'm actually going to put Austin Sindrick in my lineup, I want other people to go in with me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I want people to do this with me, <laughs> to take this risk. Um, take but, it. Please take it. Um he crashed out in his first time here in 2022, but then since then he's, you know, finished, took the, took the checkered, um, third, 11th and 12th, the last three starts there, um, average finish of 14.5 over the entire four stretch, which includes that 32nd place finish. So, um, I like it. I like it a lot. He's we'll very, very out. similar to LaJoy, truthfully. 
Yeah. Yeah. I honestly think it could go either way where he will completely blow up. And I think when it comes to my garage pick, I'm really going to decide on like what qualifying looks like. I'll just go off of like track position doesn't matter, but I may lean more towards that just because we are noticing the wear a little bit on the track. So I may go just a little bit on track position here. Like if it's like a 12 position gap, I'll be like, okay, I'm playing that guy instead. Yeah. Like it may bite me in the butt, so be it. But I feel like with the wear of the track, it may pay off. So I don't know yet. Is there anybody you're completely avoiding? Maybe that's fun. We each say a driver we're both avoiding. Okay. Okay. Um, then you can go first so on this one. The person I am a hundred percent, thousand percent, never touching in my entire life avoiding at this track is gonna be sorry, I'm like doing market research because I wasn't expecting this question. Oh um, yeah. God, like a guy like Tyler Reddick, no way I'm touching him here. Like yeah, we're, we're we're already questioning um, Toyotas as it is, and then, oops, sorry, I clicked on Ty Gibbs instead of Tyler Reddick. Oh, um, and then on top of that, he only has one top five here. He crashed in his first two starts here. Um, well, with well, first two of that the last four. Close. Yeah, and then he has a 27th place finish here in the spring. Oh. And he was on the lead lap too, so like I don't know exactly what happened. I would have to go back and look, but like has like eighty points here in the last four races. So yeah, that's pretty abysmal. And and like on top of that, like I'm saving him for other races as it is. Like so, he's someone I'm just avoiding at all costs. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Hey, my guy was the uh, my guy was um, Bubba Wallace. Yeah, Toyotas. I'm not touching him. Kind of the same and idea I'll there. throw I'll throw a bonus in for you, Kyle Larson. That comes without saying. Nobody touches Larson on speedway races because he's not good here. So yeah, we'll do another bonus. I'm not touching Denny Hamlin. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he's ten to one. He's gonna win now. You realize that he's gonna yeah. win with like 54 points on the yeah, day. Yeah, he is. He 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 will do that actually. Well, I mean, last year he wasn't awful here. Um, a sixth and 14th place finish, but I would have to look at exactly what happened with all of that but either way not touching them um yeah. let, let's look at our featured matchups yeah the bonuses boom 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 the first Which one i, I still what? wish we had the old bonuses from old fantasy i 100 percent agree um but whatever feature so versus denny the first one that's it i think that one's pretty easy based on what we just said well yeah willie b's in my lineup so yeah. i think you know who i'm picking I'm going William Byron there. The next one is Alex Bowman or Christopher Bell. You said earlier that you were going to pick Bell, but it's funny how you say that when you're like, ah, Toyota sucks. <laughs> but Bell yeah. was the one with the better stats here, right? Out of all yeah. the Toyotas. He was I the- mean, I hate the feature matchups. It takes one wreck, and then you're like, oh, mm-hmm. there go my points. So, like, truthfully, you're kind of just like, they should have a better day. And I like what I saw out of the Chevys more, the 500. So I picked Bowman. Okay, you're going Bowman. I'm going Bell on that one. Um, next one's Logano versus Kozlowski, which is definitely a close one there. This I think one's you could, so hard. This you could go either so way. Hard. I went Kozlowski. Um, I don't know why I went Kozlowski. I think it was I also kind of went Kez. A gut feeling kind of thing. I had Logano on Tuesday, and then I switched it to Kez, and then I switched it back to Logano this morning, and yeah. then I switched it back to Kez. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be one of those where we just keep doing it until we get It's funny because I kept switching because like, I picked all of the bottom drivers last week, 
And if I picked Logano, oh. I would be spoiler alert. I would be all the top because I picked Bubba over Chase for some oh, stupid reason you took on Tuesday. Bubba over Chase. And then I was like, wait a minute, that's wrong. So then. So did you switch it back to Chase over Bubba? Yeah. Yeah, I have a Chase over Bubba. I, right I remember doing this on Tuesday and I was just like, oh, it's a super speedway track. Bang, Bubba. And then I forgot to like check stats. I didn't think anything of it. And then I checked stats yesterday and I was yeah. like, oh, God. Oh, God. Yep. It was really bad. Now we're going to say all this, like we're going to get done with this podcast and then we're going to see qualifying and Toyota's going to go one, two, three, four, five, six. And we're just going to be like, I would be actually shocked by that. Cause that's not their MO at speedways. They don't qualify fast. Well, they just show up in the race late. So if they qualify fast, it's even more of an indication for me to not play them. You think so? Cause then they kitted the car to be good in qualifying and then be bad in race trim, but stage points, <laughs> stage points. Yeah, that's how you win fantasy. Each points are so so important. It's so annoying. First thing I told Meg when she started playing was just always worry about stage points. Always, always stage points. Only thing that matter. Pretend you're a driver actively in the race. (laughs) That's how you play fantasy. Seriously, like so. What cart do you want to be behind? All right, man. Well, I, I think that about covers everything. Unless you have anything last minutes that you wanna you wanna talk about. Um, not really any news. I saw like RCR was bringing a third car for select races, but yeah, uh, who cares? Yeah, not, nothing pretty much else. You know, that's pretty much it. Yeah, kind of. A I quiet think our picks. Dude. I think our picks are fun. I think we're gonna be very similar. So I think we'll be similar in four drivers, and then two of them will be different. And then that will determine like how many points I make up or how many points you gain on everybody else. And then I haven't even checked the other five. I know Hunter's like second. Yeah, Hunter's second. I don't know who else is who. Truthfully, Russell Muscle. That's uh, who is that? Yeah, that's Tanner slash Russell. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I don't think he's staying up there that long to be honest. Ooh, and then I do expect Hans to be up there. And your is your dad on winning racing? I believe so. Yeah, that dude's not staying ahead of me for long. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he's, he's going, oh, hold on. My final point. I did not know Perezinator was your uncle. I thought it was Andrew this whole time. They, they normally do it together, but I guess uh, with my cousin going to school, I guess my uncle's going to take just, over. Just, just Uncle Artie? Okay. Guess so. Kind of sad. I think he'd be better. Empty he's, got, he's got more wisdom. You know? <laughs> he's got the old. He's got the old old mind for this, the the wise mind. Yeah. So I, I've got a lot of points to make up. That's like my final point. I mean, it's, I know it's only second race, but you got to have that killer mindset to God, try and win. Dude, I've got the craziest killer. I'm ready to just. I feel really good about my week this week. It could go all blow up, but I'm excited. My lineup's pretty much locked, but I might make a couple changes here and there. Nice. But, Either way, uh, thank you all so much for listening to the Tight on Entry Racing Podcast, the fastest podcast on Spotify. It's been fun. Thank you again. And make sure you like and follow and add to your playlist. All right. Sweet. Peace out. Peace.